Hockey Podcast, your host Jason, along with Chris. Yo! And we're back once again for part three of our 2018-2019 St. Louis Blues Retrospective. Cue the music. Part three. three. And once again, top-notch work on our, uh, I'm trying to say, our music. So we'll work we on that. We have a great production team. Thank you. I was saying production. I don't know why I couldn't spit it out. Anyway, so production team, thank you once again. But just like uh, the new Star Wars movie is Rise of Skywalker, now I have the Rise of Bennington. So Jordan Bennington, relative unknown coming into this year. I think the most I've ever saw of him was the fight that he got into against another former Blues goalie, uh, Phoenix Copley. Yep. When he was with the Providence uh, Bruins the season before this where the blues were kind of like sharing their prospects, their prospects around. So that's like the most I probably have ever seen of Jordan Bennington going into this season. And then him getting called up, we were very much like, all right, all right, well, you can't get any, we're pretty much like, can't get any worse. Agreed. And it couldn't. And the blues, you know, actually we're playing a little above 500 finally for the first time in a while in yes. December. And they're kind of turning, I, mean, I guess you can say turning it around, but a long way to go with a lot of games. And believe it or not, they had a lot of home games early on. So there's right. a lot of road games left. And so it was going to be even tougher with road games because, you know, obviously. But this team, as they proved in the playoffs, as we'll talk about, is pretty darn good road team. And uh, kind of tore it up the rest of the way. But Jordan Bennington, his first start here in Philadelphia and did some uh, did some things. It is back on the road for the St. Louis Blues tonight from Wells Fargo Center in downtown Philly. It's the St. Louis Blues and the Philadelphia Flyers. Lost it. And here come the Flyers and Lindblom into the zone. And Philly oh. came out over made a save on Voracek. Oh, Bennington, what a save there. I guess so. Sprawled out to his left, got his toe on that. Boy, they got to fire one of those pucks right there. I think David Crom was in a pretty good spot to shoot that right in the middle of the ice. Augustus Bear walks in and a good pad save by Bennington. As he had a decent chance on left wing. Darren, that's the fifth rebound allowed by Bennington, but none have resulted in a rebound attempt. Then back to center ice. Here's O'Reilly now into Tarasenko. He comes in, shoots, he scores! Tarasenko with a bomb, his 12th of the year, and the Blues with a 2-0 lead. Wide open on the left side on a line change. And a perfect pass to the left. The Flyers don't pick him up, and number 91's got a grin on his face like you read about. A wonderful shot off the left wing. Voracek with the dump in. Shot by Perron, now O'Reilly to Perron with an empty net, and he scores! David Perron with an empty net goal, and it's 3-0. Jordan Bennington's dad flew down to Toronto to watch his son play and start his first game, and how about that? 
A shutout in his first start in the NHL for Jordan Bennington. What a story. Big congratulations to Jordan Bennington. One of only two Blues goalies to record a shutout in his first NHL start. Big Richie Perron did it in 1999. What an incredible way to debut as a starter. This is special. First, first NHL start, first NHL win, first NHL shutout. That's all right. Yeah, and against Philly, against Philly who's okay team, not great, sure. that, not great that year. But hey, who was the goal for Philly again? That was uh, Carter Hart, who's actually they're kind of like they're up and coming guy, up and coming guy. And the Blues play well, three nothing. You know who wasn't in goal for Philadelphia? Brian Elliott, who was correct, hurt, hurt once again. Yes, yeah. So uh, who actually resigned with him? It was kind of interesting. He got resigned. So. Uh, Blues start playing amazing, really good. Here. So January finishes out where they play really well and they get a little above five hundred. Mm-hmm. And then that's February is where it goes crazy, where they finish with they have eleven ga- a eleven game win streak and crazy games along the way. I think the which game on top of your head sticks out the most? Tampa, Tampa, which is an amazing game in Tampa. Was it in Tampa or in St. Louis? Well, there was two. Yeah. But the game in Tampa. Ah, the one nothing win. Yes. Okay. The so one nothing overtime win in Tampa. Yeah. So against a team that was red effing hot. Yeah, against you and the and the Blues who kinda held in there. It was a tough that was a, that's a game that Jordan Bennington stole and got yes. the, when you're shutting out the that was the first the first time Tampa was shut out this year too. Yep. The highest scoring team possibly maybe in, in at least the last handful of years. Yeah. But the bullet, the NHL uh, took. I think took. That was the game where it took notice. I think. I think that's where this. That's where the Blues went from. This is a really cool story. To this team might be going somewhere. Yeah, and then they finished it off with a pretty impressive overtime win, and this guy scored. Just what he needs: a little more open ice, and here he goes. Barter's in. It's Barter around behind, and a centering pass blocked, and it's a two-on-one the other way. O'Reilly and Tarasenko. Ryan O'Reilly scores! It's 11th heaven! It's St. Louis! Now Mitchell Marner trying to take this thing over. He goes around on the wraparound, can't get it out front. It's turned over to Ryan O'Reilly. He's coming in on two-on-one. They're screaming at him, on-man rush, on-man rush. He just takes it, puts it up and over. Freddie Anderson uses the decoy of Tarasenko and puts it up and over. Bar down, and we have a winner. 11 straight for Ryan O'Reilly in the blues, Chris. They did it the hard way, but they did it in spectacular fashion. And, uh... Maybe this is my we should change to the rise of O'Reilly technically because well, I don't think there was a rise of O'Reilly that uh, that dude from year. game one yeah he was legitimately the only guy that you could point to that from start to finish showed up every night yeah and this is the Blues win their eleventh straight game at home crowd goes crazy uh, I think my favorite uh, uh, part is like Darren Pang being so excited yeah you know just uh, when he goes nuts so. Um, the Blues, 11-game win streak. Don't make it 12, unfortunately. They kind of fall flat the next game, but put themselves back into playoff contention. Yes, for sure. And we kind of thought here, uh, 
even though we talked about the Blues winning 10, they won 11. At the time we recorded this, they were they won 10 in a row. I don't know where to even begin with how drastically different this team is playing. Yeah. This is the team we thought we were going to get from game one. We just apparently had to wait till game 55. Yeah, and then, I mean, I'll, well, I'll be honest. Like I was one of those guys like, all right, sell off who you, you know. I, I was not on the ter- trade terror single bag- bandwagon. I was not one of those guys. But I was I- like, all right. Sell off who you can, you know. Get picks, reload for next year. Because I, I, I full, I you know, I'm. Yeah, I get it. Confident enough to say, like, I was on that bandwagon. I was then, too. Uh, um, they proved I, me wrong. I don't know There's if I would say wrong. that I was on the trade Tarasenko bandwagon, but I was certainly willing to listen to offers. But again, I didn't. I didn't want to just unload Tarasenko for draft picks. I wanted a lot in return. I mean, I wanted a. Gretzky esque trade value return if we were going to do it, but I was ready to, to ship him out. I was honestly, I was ready to to ship anyone aside from Ryan O'Reilly, who's and they even said it during the game last night. O'Reilly is the only guy on this team who's been producing since the jump, and it's just now everyone has has gotten engaged and everyone's moving forward, and it's it's great to see because this team is playing the type of hockey that we expected in October. Um, they're the only team in the league not to lose a game so far in February. Yep. Uh, I want to bring up something like a funny thing, which I saw someone comparing them to, just the way how bad they were or mediocre, whatever you want to call it. Oh, no, they're bad. Season, to how they're really good now. They're, uh, um, there's comparisons, which we talked about earlier this year. We said, oh, definitely, they're not that team. Are, they, are, we, are we going into the 08 Kings territory? We're uh, 12, yeah. Oh, yeah, 2012 Kings? Or 12, uh, whatever year. Uh, yeah, 12, whatever it was. Where were you when they were in their seed eight and they barely got in the playoffs and then they went on a sixteen and two run? That was the twelve Kings, wasn't it? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what they were saying. So I thought that was I don't funny. Know, man. It's funny how we brought that up earlier in the season. Like, I don't think it's that team. I still don't because hey, I'm enjoying the ride. I'm not going to be negative sure. about anything. Hey, there's a there's not just the goaltending change either. Don't be wrong. Oh no, that's part it, of it. It's part of it. It's part of the whole equation. But I think it's everybody's bought in. I think everybody has bought in. I think with the confidence in the goalie. The complete buy-in, it kind of like yeah. all hit at once, which is weird. How like Bennington comes in and been solid to spectacular. Yep. Like you can probably look at all the goals he let in total, and you can probably count maybe less than what's on your hand, one hand. Agreed. You can say like, man, I wish he had that one. I agree. I agree. You know? And not down and Allen because guess what? Been pretty good in this run too. He looked great the other day. He looked a little shaky in that game at third, Nashville. I think that that was a more of like the team. Get me wrong. There's a couple goals. I'm like, eh. but at the same time, the team was just tired. I was their third Agreed. game in four days, and, um, and Nashville's still a tough team. You know, and the thing is, I don't need this team to be the 2012 Kings, but I also don't want them to be the 2018 Buffalo Sabers. Who won eleven straight? Ten straight. So we tied them, and then fell off hard. Who they're not in the playoffs right now? No. Here's the thing: this team's not going to run the table the rest of the season. They're just not, and we all know it. What concerns me is once this streak comes to an end, be it against Toronto, against Dallas, whoever it may be. How does this team rebound? Okay. And the Blues, now is where they start their furious run, yep. which we've talked about. Uh, they have to win. It's almost like game seven, which, you know, kind of weird foreshadowing here. Almost every game that they have to win. I agree. And they go on to uh, 
Close it out. Jordan Bennington officially the number one. Jake Allen slides into the – I think, which we've talked about this numerous times already, and I'm going to reiterate it again because I think people need to hear it. With Jordan Bennington being the number one, I think it mentally helps Jake Allen. And I think Jake Allen, during this – during this win streak, he won two of the – I think he, did. he won three of the 11 games. Yeah. And one of them was a shutout. So, yes. I mean, he he played, he played well, well, too. He played well when he needed to. Yeah, and that's the thing is I think when you can say how the team responds from a goalie that there is some truth to that, but I think when if when he comes in and he, he had the confidence to make the saves, when I think he had that support maybe in Jordan Bennington or maybe that push from Jordan Bennington, who knows what's going on in his mind at the time. Well, we, we've talked about in nauseam over the years that all the way back to the beginning when it was him and Elliot that I think, and I think you agreed with me, that Allen seems to be a better guy when he's getting pushed for playing time. When there's no one pushing him to take over the number one spot is when he gets a little wonky. But when he knows that he has to perform or he's going to be riding pine is when he's at his best. Yeah, and Blues almost... Out of anything that's happened this year, when we talked about this, we were talking about the lose for Hughes back in late November, mm-hmm. early December. We were talking about that, and if I we told you when it came down to the last two day, last two games where the Blues had at least even the last game, I think it technically happened, the Blues had a chance to with a loss, uh, win first in the Central. Yeah, and we wound up. We were actually kind of a nervous that the blues didn't finish there because we kind of won one of the wildcard teams which we talked about on this podcast so the blues are in the playoffs regular season is over our big playoff preview episode our music budget is phenomenal yeah we gotta figure out something so schedule was released this morning um the usual 8.30 games are on there. At least one's on a weekend, so we, just, we got that going for us. True. So um, it is what it is. So the Blues on the, comes down to the last game of the season, so where they're at. So at the current – went to the last game against Vancouver, they were in third place. And where did they finish after the shootout win against Vancouver? Third place. Yeah, I mean, we were – we could say that we were in first place for all of about three hours yesterday. Yeah, so, I mean, unfortunately, Nashville started winning near the end here. They got three wins at the end of the year. Winnipeg, was, you know, they kind of struggled, and that's who the Blues are facing. So the final uh, standings are Nashville gets to raise another uh, pointless banner for winning the Central. Yep. Uh, Winnipeg was finished number two, and the Blues finished number three. So at the end of the day. One point separates all three of those teams. Correct. Nashville with 100, Winnipeg with 99. And Blues are technically there with 99. It's just we lose out on the regulation and overtime wins a column by three to Winnipeg. So the Blues, after how this season, how, you know, we talked about how hard it was to kind of get on here and talk, try to find something positive about this team. Gosh, most of December into, like the, you said, the first week of January before they start turning things around. And it's it's kind of a borderline miracle where we're, at right now where we had a chance to win the division going into the last game of the year. If you had told me in December, or honestly, if you had told me on New Year's Eve that this team was going to be one point away from winning the division, I would have laughed at you. Straight up laughed. Um, You know, I look, it's a bummer. I mean, 
I don't want to harp on the negative on this show because it is nothing short of phenomenal what this team did. <clears throat> but yet again, it is another season where one point here or there over the course of 82 games makes a difference. Mm. Last year, it's the difference between making the playoffs and not making the playoffs with Colorado. This year, it's the difference between winning the division and not. So, you know, it, it is a full 82-game season, and thankfully this team was able to turn it around and do what they did. Um, we'll see, man. I mean, Winnipeg looked good last night. I found it interesting that in both games that the Blues needed teams to win or lose, Nashville went down early 2-0 to Chicago. Winnipeg went down early, one nothing to Phoenix or Arizona, whatever we're calling them this this week. Mm-hmm. Um, but both teams rebounded and won in decided fashion. Yeah, five to two and four, five to two Nashville or Chicago and four to Winnipeg over Arizona. Yep. So we'll see, man. You know, you and I talked last podcast, and we've talked a lot this week about who scares us the most. And uh, I know that Winnipeg has not played well most of the second half of the season. But that's a team that is 2-1-1 one, one this year against the Blues? Yes. Um, the, Blue, the Blues won the last game in Winnipeg. Uh, believe it or not, a one nothing shutout, Jake Allen shutout. That was yeah. the last time we played. So, I mean, that's before our rebound. I mean, that, they caught us at our worst, really. We might have caught them at their best. We might have caught us at our worst. So, well, I think it's going to be a very – Closely contested series, as much as some fans are kind of, it should be saying how I mean, bad Winnipeg has been. But we've never played them well in the last three years or so. Yeah, so the Blues finished third, and we kind of a little nervous, but they're in it. And we always talk about if you're in it, you never know what can happen. I mean, we've talked about that a lot over the last few years. That you and I were done with. You know, I want to win a division championship. You know, we didn't want that banner anymore. You know, you look at the teams like Chicago and L.A., they don't care about winning the division. They just want to get them in that top eight. Um, you know, going down the, you know, that last day, the Blues won their game early in the day, and they were in first place. You know, they I think they had a noon game that last day. Yeah. And they won, and they were one point ahead of Nashville and Winnipeg. And, you know, obviously both teams win their games. And, um, and uh, you know, we end up tied with Winnipeg, who beats us in the tiebreaker. Nashville jumps ahead of, uh, of both teams by one. And I think that we were both a little nervous about taking on, you know, the Winnipeg Jets and having to do it with four games on the road because that's not an easy place to play. And the Blues are just... I say historically, they have just have not played well. We saw when we talked the very first game of the year, they just looked no. awful. And we and just then went, later in the year, you had Line A put five in against the Blues. I mean, we've had history this not only prior season, but this year you can look when at the sample size. Owned them. And we were just like, wow, well, like we said well, anything can happen, but you know, we had to go into the playoffs and let's see if the Blues can uh, make some noise. And maybe at least we we're hoping for, let's be honest, when we out the. We'll see in the, you'll see in the next podcast. We're hoping they could slide through, maybe get a round. Sure. But it'll be tough. Well, I don't remember if I told this pod this story on the podcast or not, but um, as a season, a partial season ticket holder, they try to get you to renew your tickets right around Christmas. 
And so when the call came in for me to re- renew my tickets, I laughed at him. I was like, I'm not giving you any more money for this crap. I was like, this team was god awful. And they go, well, what do you? What will it take for you to renew? And I was like, I'll tell you what, this team makes the playoffs. You call me, and I'll renew. So you know, the Blues clinch a spot with a couple of weeks left in the season. And I get the call the next day, and I was like, yep, I've been waiting for this call today. And my guy goes, well, if you renew today, we can get you your actual seats for the playoffs. With being a 12-game ticket plan guy, you're not guaranteed that you can get your seats for the playoffs. But because of how bad this team was most of the year, they were able to do it this year. I go, yeah, sure. And he goes, well, here's the catch. We'll only charge you as they advance rounds, but you've got to commit for the whole run. So I had to commit that day that, yep, if this team goes the distance, I'm in for all four rounds. Yep. And in my mind, I'm like, okay, yeah, I'll pay for two games against Winnipeg and be done. Yeah. Because I was like, realistically, and I thought that the Blues would be out in six. Yeah. We hope for seven. We, I think we, we had hope, hoped for seven hope. and the Blues win. Yeah. But in the back of my mind, I was like, I'll get two games at home and be done. Yeah, I'll yeah. pay for those two. Yeah. We try. You know, it's like. As much as like we have a blues podcast, you want to be homers, obviously. Yeah. You know, like yeah, I mean that you know we don't get obviously paid to be homers or anything like that. We try to be realistic. Yeah. You know, I think I always pick with my heart over my head, which I think I will be proven in the next podcast where I pick the blues in I think every round in six every round I think is what uh, I did the research on. I'll have to go back. I don't think I picked him to beat Winnipeg. Uh, I believe that's correct. I picked him to beat Dallas. I think you. Uh, might have, but it was a game. I, I think I picked him to beat Seven. San Jose, but I don't think I picked him to beat Boston. Yeah. All, like we said, they're going to be tough in all of them, which we'll talk about the next round. So we'll wrap it up on part four. And uh, the Blues make a little history in the next one in our final part. Four, final part of the four-part series of the 2018-2019 St. Louis Blues Retro Spectre. Yeah.